Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm Ellie Nieves, and I'm a woman's leadership speaker and coach. Welcome to the Christian Career Women podcast. If you're a Christian woman who wants to honor God, live with purpose, be known for excellence and integrity, and achieve work-life balance, then this podcast is for you. At Christian Career Women, our goal is to help you aspire, achieve, and thrive in your faith, life, and work. To learn more and to join our free online community, go to christiancareerwomen.com. Enjoy the podcast. This is the Christian Career Women podcast, and I'm your host, Ellie Nieves. At Christian Career Women, we help women of faith to aspire, achieve, and thrive in their careers and personal lives. Our goal is to provide Christian career women with the biblical principles, resources, tools, and skills that they need to get ahead both personally and professionally. Our group is for Christian women who work in the corporate space or in organizational environments as individual contributors, managers, and executives. To join the Christian Career Women Network, you can visit our website at christiancareerwomen.com, and you can also find Christian Career Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our guest today is Shannon Popkin. Shannon is a writer, a speaker, a Bible teacher who loves pointing others to the truth of God's word. She combines her gifts for humor and storytelling with her passion for Jesus. She regularly speaks at Christian women's events and retreats, encouraging women of all ages to put their hope in God. She is the author of several books, including Control Girl, Lessons on Surrendering Your Burden of Control from Seven Women in the Bible. She also wrote the book Influence, Building a Platform that Elevates Jesus, Not Me. And her most recent book, which is actually the subject of our podcast today, is Comparison Girl, Lessons from Jesus on Me Free Living in a Measure Up World. Shannon and her husband, Ken, have been married for more than 20 years and live in West Michigan. They have three children, one in high school and two in college. Shannon, welcome to the Christian Career Woman podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Ali. So I'm excited to talk to you about your book, Comparison Girl. And I mentioned that you wrote a book prior to this called Control Girl. And in that book, you confessed that you struggled with control. So uh, is it safe for us to assume that in your book, Comparison Girl, that you also have an issue with comparison? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, don't we all? I mean, I think... To some degree, we all struggle with control and comparison, whether in at home or in our neighborhoods, our families, and especially in the workplace, right? Yeah, these are issues I think that all of us grapple with. Absolutely. I remember when I was first starting uh, Christian, doing my speaking and coaching, and one of the first things that I struggled with was exactly that comparison. I would go on social media and I would look at women who were where I wanted to be And it was so easy to fall into that comparison trap. So I'm so excited about the conversation that we're about to have, Shannon. Great. Yeah. So tell us how far back your struggle with comparison goes. You know, I think as a little girl, I would compare 
you know, with my cousins or the girls in my class or the kids in my neighborhood and always just kind of measuring myself against them. I don't remember a time that I didn't compare. I remember, especially at about like sixth grade, just noticing differences that I hadn't really noticed before. Um, I was really, grades were really important to me. I wanted to be in the, you know, I called it the smart kids group. <laughs> and I was, I just always had an eye on who was in what group and who was being asked to, you know, there was a gifted and talented program at my school and I wanted to be included in all of those things that kind of marked me as one of the smart kids. And yeah, I, I, I remember early on just measuring myself in different ways. And then as I got to be a teenager, it was like dating and, you know, sports and those sorts of things. And then in college, it was, you know, it's just every phase of our life, there's a new opportunity to compare in new ways. And, um, and I'm still, I have not outgrown this problem. I don't know about you, Ellie. <laughs> it's still something I'm wrestling with. And I think I probably always will. Yeah, especially in a competitive world that we live in. And for Christian career women in particular, we are almost asked to engage in competition in order to get ahead in the workplace. Yeah. So comparing ourselves to leaders who have gone before us or even someone who's in a, in a position that we would like to reach, it, it, it just, it's, it's clear uh, areas there. There are clear areas there for us to put ourselves in a situation where we can start comparing ourselves. And Absolutely. you mentioned in your book that you find it ironic that we often uh, refer to, the comp to comparison as a game. Mm -hmm. So, so why do references to the comparison game rub you the wrong way? Well, I think that it's not a game. I think our enemy, the enemy of our souls, thinks of comparison as a, a strategy, a tactic that he uses against us. And so it, um, I think if we talk about it like it's a game that we should play, that's, we're not, we don't have our guard up. Whereas if we talk about it as this is something that our enemy wants for us, he wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy our relationships. Um, he wants to destroy our self-esteem. He wants to destroy <clears throat> our gifts that we have to offer to the world because we feel inadequate. Or he wants to destroy us with pride. You know, if we're puffed up and thinking that we're, uh, you know, looking down on everyone else and thinking of ourselves as better than and we deserve the promotion or we deserve to get ahead. Well, that's another way that he can destroy us. And all of these different ways, um, you know, he is inviting us or tempting us to compare saying, you have to get ahead. You know, you have to reach that next promotion. You have to um, and, and shaming us when we don't, right? You know, you have to prove yourself in the world. And our Jesus just has a completely different message for us. Um, I think it's important that we learn to listen to the voice of Jesus because the, the world and the enemy's messages are so pervasive. They sound normal to us. And Jesus, Jesus doesn't talk like that. Jesus has never said anything remotely like, you have to get ahead or you have to prove yourself. He's never said anything like that. And so we've got to be careful um, in, as we're listening to these messages to realize, you know, capture each thought the Bible says and, and recognize these measure up messages. These are not the messages of our Jesus. So as Jesus followers, we need to look at life in a different way. Absolutely. That's wonderful. So, you know, women comparing themselves to others has been around since the beginning of time. We, <laughs> and how does social media 
uh, in recent years made comparison an even bigger problem. Right. Well, social media, it's like um, giving us windows into the other people's lives that we didn't used to have. You know, uh, I mentioned I would compare myself with the other girls in my third grade class or my fourth grade class. And that was really my whole world, right? It was just the kids that were sitting around me in school or on the bus. And now kids in those same settings, they also have a whole bunch of other kids to compare themselves with because of social media. You know, middle schoolers, so much anxiety. And, and I can't help but uh, relate that to social media. In fact, um, I, I heard a statistic about like there's this hockey puck kind of graph that shows the rise in anxiety and, and the, the graph kind of lifts right around the time that Facebook launched. And this is not just for little girls. This is for women too, because um, we just, it's, it's like all of the windows of all of the women in the whole wide world have been flung open and we get to look into their lives and look into their successes and, you know, watch the way that they're buying a new boat, going on a new vacation, you know, their families look beautiful and perfect. And you know, we're just thinking, hmm, I must have missed something here. <laughs> I am just not measuring up. And so just so much more of that with the rise of social media. But I think, you know, we can kind of capture that um, opportunity to look at our own hearts. And because those, those inadequacies or those seeds of pride, those were there, but social media is just maybe bringing them to the surface in a way that we have just a little bit clearer view of our heart. And so I think social media can be, it's not all bad. And, and obviously it's a great way for us to connect with people but we've got to get rid of the measure up mindset if we really truly do want to connect with each other. Because when we're trying to measure against each other, all we do is pull away. It just creates isolation and division. Absolutely. And that is the complete opposite of what God wants us to do. He wants us to build community and to support each other and to be there for one another, to celebrate each other's successes. So the last thing we should be doing is comparing ourselves because as you said, it causes division. That's really powerful. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think there is a positive way, Ellie, that we can learn to compare ourselves. Um, if, if we can just get rid of the value statements that are associated with our differences, you know, I think there's, it, it can actually be helpful if we compare the way that Jesus teaches us because he he teaches us to compare in a way, in a, I call it me free way. And so like you and I have different skills. We have different skills if we bring them to the workplace or to the church or to our, if we were family member together or the neighborhood. And so no, like being able to compare, okay, Ellie, she's the one who she's really good at organization. And so I'm going to, I'm going to celebrate that in her. Well, I'm the one who I bring, you know, when we have our potluck, I bring the cheesecake. I'm really good at that. You know? So it's just like knowing we have to compare in order to be able to celebrate each other's differences and to know our place and where we fit and what we can contribute. But just, I think getting rid of those value statements associated with our differences is very, very freeing wherever we are, especially in the workplace. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So you have an analogy that you explain in your book about um, 
living by the lines versus living by the spout. Can you explain that analogy? Yeah, absolutely. So if you, if you picture, I don't have one with me, but if you picture a measuring cup, a glass measuring cup, the kind that has the, the lines on the side, um, and you picture that, that's your life. And in the, in the measuring cup are all of the things that God put into your, into your life, um, your resources and your aptitudes, your gifts, your potential, your family background, all of the things that make you, you are all kind of mingled together in this cup. And what your enemy wants you to do is to focus on the lines on the outside of your cup and, and take your cup and put it next to somebody else's and either be filled with a sense of inadequacy, like, oh, she has more of this in her cup. You know, she's a stronger leader. She's more creative than I am, whatever it is. Or a sense of pride. Well, look at, I am, you know, I've, I've really ranked in this setting or in that setting, I got such and such an award where, and that's really just all our enemy wants us to focus on is the lines measuring ourselves against each other. Jesus, on the other hand, invites us, turns our attention to the spout. Um, he says, you know, you were not given whatever is in your measuring cup. You were not given this to measure yourself and to find your worth in how you measure up. Jesus says, whatever is in our cup, he invites us to, to use it to uh, pour ourselves out and serve the world with what we've been given. And so his attention is all focused on the spout. Jesus invites us to come and follow him and live the way that he lived. And, and how did Jesus live? Um, his goal was not to measure up. His goal was to empty himself out. To, uh, Philippians 2 says that he made himself uh, a servant and he emptied himself. And even to the extent of going to the cross, that's how Jesus emptied himself. And so, and the beautiful thing, if you think of that measuring cup tipped to one side and, and pouring out, the lines are no longer relevant. And so... Yeah, right, like on the, on the cover of the book, yeah. So if the measuring cup is tipped, we can't be both pouring and measuring at the same time. So if we want to be women who are free of this measure up type of comparison, well, we can follow Jesus and get to work on uh, living the way that Jesus invites us to, pouring our lives out, serving others, lifting others up, and we will be free of the lines of this measure up kind of mindset. That's wonderful. So tell us about the disgust factor challenge. Why does disgust have no place in the church? Right. So, you know, when we're just, when we're seeing a lot of disgust in our world, aren't we, Ellie? <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody is disgusted with somebody there, you know, it's, and it's all related to, I'm doing it this way and you're doing it this way. And I cannot believe you're not doing it the same way that I am. You know, like, I can't believe she didn't wear a mask or I can't believe she went ahead with the baby shower. or I can't believe, you know, there's just a whole myriad of different ways that we're disgusted with each other. But here's the thing about disgust. We can't communicate um, a, a sense of disgust without also communicating a sense of superiority. So I can't be disgusted with you without also looking down on you. And I can't look down on you without elevating myself. And so that's why I say there's really no room for disgust in the church. Um, Jesus didn't come to save sinners 
because he was disgusted with us. You know, he came because he loved us and all of us have equal footing at the cross. All of us have sinned. None of us can save ourselves. And so, especially when we're dealing with things that we think are right or wrong, uh, you know, we Christians have gotten really comfortable with expressing disgust, especially out in the world. And we have no business doing that. And so I think um, if we're to live like Jesus, Jesus was not disgusted with sinful people. He loved sinful people. He didn't, and, and Jesus didn't even come. His, um, his goal was not to prove his equality with God. Even Philippians two says he was equal with God, but it, that was not his mind frame. He did not come to the world to try to prove himself and show that he was uh, equal to God, even though he was. And, and he didn't come to like show himself to be more powerful than the whole rest of the world. Jesus took his cup and completely poured it out. He emptied himself. That's the opposite of, of walking around with disgust for all of the people who aren't measuring up, right? Jesus served. And so I think when we're tempted to be disgusted, and, and I mean, we often are, right? We get in our little circles with people who are like us and think like us, and it just feels really comfortable to say, oh, look at those people over there, and just express all of this disgust toward them. And the next time we're tempted to do that, I would just challenge you to recognize, okay, is there a sense of superiority in me when I am expressing this disgust toward another person who bears the image of God? Mm-hmm. They may, they might not be behaving in a way that is worthy of, uh, you know, very worthy, but we are not in a position to express disgust toward them. We're called to share Jesus with the world. And so disgust has no place in, in our lives and in our communication and just on our faces. We need to get better at recognizing disgust for what it is, a sense of superiority. That's powerful. That's powerful. So Shannon, as you were writing, which chapter of Comparison Girl impacted you the most? You know, it was the chapter on wealth. Um, because Tim Keller says, if you're greedy, you don't know that you are, <laughs> right? And we are women with more disposable income, I think, than a lot of other generations and a lot of other uh, countries, nations. And so we've, I think we've got to really consider that we may be more greedy than we realize. And so that was really the case for me when I started thinking about my goals for money and wealth and, and accumulation and thinking about what God had put in my measuring cup and recognizing like the goal is not to measure up. The goal is not to prove that there's more in my cup. The goal is to empty and pour my life out. That was really challenging for me. Um, and I think, you know, comparison really plays a big role in, in our, you know, comparing wealth is, um, it's just, we catch it from each other. I noticed that on my, the walking trail that I take, there was a house that had a swimming pool. I think there was only one a few years ago. Well, now there's like four or five right in a row, the swimming pool in the backyard. And that's what it, that's what happens. You know, we think, oh, I see that over there and I want that for myself. And, you know, we laugh about it, you know, like, oh, I really like your shoes. Like show me and pull up our phone and order a pair of shoes, right? You know, we're just, we're just really influenced by each other. And, you know, God has given different earning capabilities to different people. And he's given different amounts of resources and different amounts of cups. 
And you know what? The goal is not that we would be able to put our cup next to someone else's cup and prove that we have more or that we are more. The goal in our lives is to empty ourselves the way Jesus did and to pour our lives out. And that is the life from heaven's perspective that is a worthy life and a life that will deserve great reward in heaven. So how does flipping the ruler help us when we become judgmental of others? Right. So, you know, Jesus, uh, in his sermon on the Mount, remember he, he used that sermon to kind of introduce the kingdom. And so he was talking about like, you know, in the world, things stack up a certain way, but here in my kingdom, it's, everything's different. And, and so, and then one of the places in that sermon, Jesus used this story and kind of compared um, a guy who ha- is trying to get a speck out of somebody else's eye and he's got a log sticking out of his own. <laughs> so a speck is really tiny, right? And um, it's, a, it's a parody of, it's, um, the humor is in the contrast, right? And so a speck is really tiny. And if we were going to try and measure it, we would use like a millimeter side of our ruler. But a log is really big. And so if we were going to measure a log, we would flip our ruler and measure by the foot. You know, we'd even use a yardstick. And so Jesus says, you know, if you're somebody who is always picking at little details, you know, you see specks everywhere. You just, you're leaning in so closely and have such a critical judgmental spirit toward everybody. You just see everything wrong with everyone else's work or what they're contributing. And he says, you know, um, you are the one then who has the log sticking out of your eye. You have the log sized pride. And, and the problem is you have this judgmental critical spirit. And so when we flip our ruler, what, that, what I'm saying by, by that little statement is, you know, when I'm tempted to lean in really close and, and be picking at the little details of how someone else has done something wrong, I need to, check, I need to flip my ruler and check my log-sized pride. And um, instead of comparing like, oh, I would never do that picky little thing. Well, what about my pride? That's, that's probably the bigger problem. That is definitely something that Jesus warned against over and over and over is um, comparing down and seeing myself as superior is the bigger problem. That's great. That's great. So as I was looking through comparison girl, it's clearly structured for use in a group setting. Talk about how you designed it to be used with groups. Sure. Yeah. So um, I, I divided the chapters. There's an introductory chapter kind of setting up. Here's how things are in the world. Here's how things are in Jesus's kingdom. So that's chapter one. And then the rest, the other five chapters are um, comparing our wealth, comparing our status, comparing um, our ministries, comparing it just all the different ways that we compare our appearances. And, and then looking at what does Jesus have to say about this? You know, what did Jesus teach? Because Jesus interacted with all sorts of people who were comparing just like we do. What did he have to say when somebody was comparing their wealth? What did he have to say when somebody was comparing their status? And so that's, that's the chapter divisions. And then each chapter is broken into lessons. And so you are able to read a passage of scripture, interact with uh, some of my thoughts, and then there are some questions at the end. And yeah, we have a leader's guide. If groups would like to take a look um, at comparisongirl.com, there's a free leader's guide that you can download. It really is a great study to do as a group because, you know, we compare when we're in a group setting. (laughs) So it's really good to talk through these issues with other people around us. Um, It's really designed for that. That's great. 
So what final encouragement would you offer to someone in our audience who may be struggling with comparison or jealousy? Yeah, and you know, I'm gonna tailor this to our working Christian woman because that's who our audience is today, right? And so, you know, my husband, um, I, I kind of live vicariously through him. He's in the corporate world. And so I, when he comes home from work, I'm like, tell me all the stories. I wanna hear everything. <laughs> And I enjoy that. I'm kind of more holed up in my office writing all by myself all the time. So, um, but, you know, repeatedly over and over, I just hear um, so much pain and struggle that comes from people trying to get ahead and, and um, push past each other and, and kind of pushing others down in their wake of their drive to get ahead. And those who really make their mark and, and really find their way in a corporate setting or whatever setting they happen to find themselves is they're the ones who choose um, to live like Jesus did rather than focused on the lines and um, trying to get ahead and prove themselves and measuring themselves against other people. The ones that we really admire and the ones that we think, Oh, I, I want to be like her. I want to be free like her. They're the ones who are focused on the spout and they just lived. They live every single day taking whatever is in their measuring cup and, and owning it. Okay. I'm really good at this. I'm really not good at the, she's the one who's really good at that, you know, owning what's in their cup and then using what they have to serve others, um, to lift others up, to, to put themselves like underneath, like bend down and be the small person in the room and lift others up and serve them. And those are the people who are free. And those are the people who actually use what God has given them um, to the maximum potential. And so that's my encouragement to you today. If there's somebody where you're looking over and just jealous or frustrated, like, why did she get asked to do this and I didn't? Or why am I never thought of in the way that I want to be? You know, that's not the message of Jesus. That's the message of your enemy. And Jesus would invite you to free yourself and to focus on the spout instead of the lines. And, um, and if you want to be free, just go ahead and start asking, how can I serve? How can I be the small person in the room? How can I be the one who bends down and washes the feet like Jesus did and lifts others up? And that's the freedom that you're looking for. That's wonderful. Shannon, you have been a fabulous guest. Thank you for showing us how comparison can derail us in our walk with Jesus and how uh, we can apply these strategies that you share uh, here in your book to get us back on track and to live our best lives for Jesus. Shannon, tell us how our followers and our listeners can find you and purchase your book. Absolutely. You can find the book and the companion journal on Amazon. Um, the book should be available Everywhere books are sold. Uh, you can also check my website, comparisongirl.com. And Ellie and I actually met on Instagram. So I would love for you to find me on Instagram. I do interact on this topic quite a bit on Instagram and Facebook. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Shannon. You're a true blessing. And to all of our uh, followers and our audience, thank you so much for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.